Hey, welcome to RushCast. My name's Jay Mantis. I'm glad you're here. This is episode number two of our album series that we're doing in 2016. We started right in the, the, the first opportunity we had this year, and we'll be rolling with a new album each Sunday or Monday. We release on Monday. I should probably get in the habit of saying Monday. Uh, through up until June, so it's going to be a while. We're going to go through each one as they were released. It's a lot of fun. Last week we did debut album Rush, and uh, I got a lot of heat, as I expected. You know, the debut the debut album isn't my favorite Rush album. It's probably my least favorite. Actually, it is my least favorite. Uh, so while I didn't say mean things, I don't think. I I think I said accurate things. While those may be my opinion, you know, you're allowed to have another opinion. Uh, Here Again was the song that I really think is the weak, maybe the weakest Rush song ever for me. And people disagree with that. Some of you agreed. But there were some good points. Like people emailed in and said, you have to remember, while... You know, this album is very different than everything else that they released. They were influenced by the bar scene. They were playing bars when they wrote and recorded this album. So the bar scene was impacting and influencing their original material. Once they got out of the bar scene, meaning they were touring, that was no longer an influence, and therefore that wasn't impacting their writing, their original music. I thought that was a good point, and I wish I had... I, I wish I had looked up who sent it in. A couple people mentioned that point specifically. That's a good point. For me, I, I listened to this album and I failed to realize this when we recorded last week. I need to remember that I have to approach these albums as if it's the newest thing we got. Like, for today we're going to do Fly By Night. I have to approach Fly By Night as if all I have is the debut album and Fly By Night. This is the newest thing Rush has ever released. I can't I can't really compare it, even though we will compare it to later albums because it's fun to do. I have to be objective and think, well, Caress of Steel didn't exist yet, so I can't go and say Caress of Steel is better than Fly By Night. Caress of Steel isn't a thing yet. You're going into the future. So I have to remember that. The thing with the debut album is it's so vastly different from what I expect. So while I can look at the debut album and go, you know, this isn't my favorite stuff, I can still remember, you know, if I were a teenager when this album came out, I would listen to this and I would listen to all the other things around and I would go, oh, this is my jam. This is the music I want. This is the band. This is my group. Just from that first album. I know I would. I would listen to Working Man and Before and After, which I kind of rediscovered, or discovered for the first time maybe, during this album series. There's some, there are some good tracks. And I would love it compared to all the other stuff that was floating around. Today we're talking about Fly By Night. And I spent the week listening to the album, and I learned new things about it. Like, when, I, when we get to Roll the Bones... There, there's not going to be things I, I, re-dis- I discover for the first time. There's not going to be something where I'm like, oh, I didn't realize I liked this song, or I didn't realize how cool this part was. I know those tracks up and down from pretty much anything 
permanent waves on, I know every single note in my brain. I'm not going to be surprised by anything. From permanent waves back, there's stuff for me stuff for me to discover. And that's what's exciting. So there was some things on Fly By Night that I learned about myself as a listener, you know. Uh, today I'm bringing in a guest, as we are for every episode uh, in the album series, from Virginia. Please welcome Jeff Hobrath. How you doing, Jeff? Hey, Jay. I called you Jeff, like Jethro. <laughs> that might not be <laughs> the way you want to be called. Jeff, how's it going? You can call me whatever you want, man. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff, Jethro. Jeff is good. <laughs> Jeff hasn't been on the show yet, but he wanted to do Fly By Night, and I was very grateful because it was actually kind of hard for me to find people who wanted to do the super early albums, so thank you very much. Were you around for this release? Yes, I was. I was actually around for the first one as well. Um, I was 12 when Fly By Night came out, but... Um, it was such a huge influence that it impacted me uh, immediately. My brothers, I, I was fortunate enough to have two older brothers that um, were very versed in, in good music uh, ahead of our peers. And uh, so they uh, introduced me early on. So I, I always got the Rush albums as soon as they came out. It was pretty awesome as a young kid. So for right now, let's... Uh, let's acknowledge all of the other 17 albums that exist. Among okay. every Rush album, what was it like? And I assume you were, you know, you were purchasing Rush albums as they were released from then on. I'm assuming that. What was yes. what was the Fly By Night release like compared to the others? Well, Fly By Night was my first real serious intro because keep in mind I was 12. So the appreciation of music, it didn't hit me till Fly By Night. Um... And then I would go back and listen to the debut album, you know, once I got hooked on Fly By Night. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, as far as, as, you know, yeah, I was there when the release came out, and I've been there for everyone. Um, it's it's incredible <laughs> looking back. Wait, know? can you compare the, the first and second albums, like, go back to that time when those were the only two albums that existed yeah. and you're listening to fly by night at its release and then going back to the debut. How do they stack up against each other? It for you, like your opinion. I loved it. I loved both of those albums back then. I, you know, uh, like you, you, you mentioned a lot, you can't go into the future. So, you know, to compare, I had those two albums to compare immediately. Um, I loved them both because the first one, I, I really love Alex's guitar on the first album. I think it, it rocks. And keep in mind, that was, what, 1974? Mm -hmm. And, you know, we were listening to Elvis was still making albums. You know what I mean? Yeah. What did we really have to compare it to that was that um, intense? I, I tell you what, that album still stands out, I think. If you break it down to... For me specifically, I love Alex's work on that. I love the sound of his guitar on it. I liked the, I just I was blown away by how young they were, how good it sounded. Um, obviously, when Fly By Night came out, it's, it, it was almost a different band, um, for the better. But the first album is still important, and you know, um, I like it. And it's it's really those first two albums, Rush and Fly By Night, for me. 
was the last of Rush's rock and roll. You know what I mean? Yeah, totally. Yeah, and, because... that, and that's good, and it was long enough, <laughs> but it, it's good to have that. Yeah, and, and one of the things I learned listening to Fly By Night this week was there is a little bit of a carryover from the kind of style from the debut album as well. While it's a, they're very obviously a different band on Fly By Night, and also I don't credit that to just the fact that Neil is in the band. Like maybe Neil was kind of uh, facilitated that change, but I think the band as a whole was just writing very different stuff. Um, yeah. Yeah. There are some tracks, though, that kind of feel like the first album. Like, Making yeah. Memories is almost just kind of in the same style, just a little newer. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think well, Best I Can and Making Memories are yep. very much um, first album-y, but better, you know? Yep. Um, but yeah, and Best I Can actually was originally made with John Rutsey. And if you, you can look it up on, uh, you can search it on the web. If you Google Best I Can Live, you'll see both John Rutsey, a version with John Rutsey and Neil. Oh, that's cool. I didn't know that at all. Yeah. And if you compare, it's it's mind-blowing when you compare the drum difference. I mean, obviously <laughs> we know the drum difference, but to physically see it in that song, because it's a rock and drum song, the way Neil does it, it's incredible. But... Um, you can see a dramatic difference in that Rush really did need that change when you watch those two videos. But I highly recommend you do that. And, and I mean, all respect to John Rutsey, you know. Yeah. But uh, you got to give him his props. I wish I was the first drummer on Rush. You know? <laughs> but, but um, you know, the other thing is, uh, while it's amazing how fast Neil's drumming is, like, or not how fast, but like how, I mean, they're fast tunes. But how busy he is, even when he's not busy. This is a subtle thing I noticed. Even the quieter parts and the less busy parts of his drumming have a different groove than John's. Not necessarily better, but a very uh-huh. different vibe. Like it just feels different, yeah. even when he's laying back a bit. Oh yeah, it's it's completely two different styles. It's it's. Uh... It's amazing. But I love how he pushes best I can and kept it in a rock beat, though. Uh-huh. I mean, I mean, the rock rhythm is there with Neil's, you know, personal touches. It's incredible. It's one of my favorite songs ever by Rush, I think, because it's just a pushing through hardcore rock and roll, you know, at its best in 1975. I mean, it just didn't get better than that for me. Um as far as the rock and roll side of it, on the progressive side, you know, which I do like more, um, but uh, that song, it's a good song to put on when you just need to pick yourself up and, you know, get something done. It's a great song. I love Best I Can. What do you think about... Well, actually, let me ask you this. Did you hear Fly By Night on the radio? Oh, yeah, as a kid, yeah. That's, I, that's here, so weird here, to me. This, this, check this out, Jay. I, I was born and raised in Cleveland. Oh, okay. <laughs> so I, I actually listened to Donna <laughs> on the radio. Holy you know crap. I mean? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, so I'm my jealous first of that. concert was in Cleveland and all. Oh, yeah. So I was, I mean, it was a big influence in, in where I happened to grow up. So that was really cool. But So did um, you see the Fly By Night tour and is there anything you remember from it? No, no. My brother saw Rush with John Rutsey. Cool. P- playing at a nightclub in Cleveland. Then a week later, 
he saw them with Neil Peart. <laughs> that that's like the ultimate wish, you know. Yeah, <laughs> and I I'm gonna try and link you guys up. I know I tried to before, and I gotta get you guys to talk because his story about that period is just mind-boggling <laughs> to, to, to experience that and remember it. <laughs> but yeah, I that, think that's true. I think Anthem is one of, and it's so funny to go from the not so proggy debut album and then mm-hmm. the first song on this next album is is very proggy i think it's the mm-hmm. it couldn't foreshadow more the the direction they were going to go in it's also yeah, it's, it's funny. A, the, it, even the it, melody it, is amazing on anthem oh anthem's great and it's just, it, it, it is funny the contrast between anthem and best i can being right next to each other too it's the anthem to me is Rush could make that song today and it would make sense. Yes. You know what I mean? It's that good of a song. Um, and musicality, the lyrics, the whole nine yards, it's incredible. Um, what, a, what, a, what a way to introduce Neil Peart, you know? It's just incredible. incredible I, I, I'd like to pretend that I'm somebody, a, a Rush fan from the debut album, let's say I'm in Cleveland. I hear him on the radio. I love it. I buy the album. Fly by Night comes out. I go. That's not the same drummer. Who's this guy? <laughs> yeah. Now and and then hearing the first few notes of Anthem, and instantly a different energy, and and the music's in seven, which is something that didn't really occur on the first album. It's it's right. prog right off the bat. And yeah, it is. It is. That would be yeah. a cool experience. I wish I could have experienced it. Um. What, so you said Best I Can is kind of your favorite on the record? Well, no, Best I Can is probably my favorite rock and roll song of all time. So, okay. Um, best on the record, I would say that, yeah, that's definitely up there. Um, it's a tough one. <laughs> I tell you, it's such a good album. Bite Tour in the Snow Dog is one of my favorite songs live. I just think I love how they kill that. I think uh, I just love that song. Um, Beneath, Between, and Behind. Uh, gosh, man, that's a jam. I mean, it's just a great album. But I hate saying, you know, what's your favorite Rush song in anything. I know you you have to do that. <laughs> your podcast is huh. so hard, man. It's so hard to answer that. It depends what you're looking for, too. Yeah, you know? I mean, it always depends on your mood and your situation and yeah. what, for what music speaks to you at that time. Yeah. Uh, I'll, I'll say this. I mean, while I always held Fly By Night to a higher standard like i always kind of thought of it as a better album than the debut album i still never Mm -hmm. gave it as much attention as i did the later stuff so anytime i revisit and i've done this a few times in the past where i'm like i'm just getting sick of rush i'm playing it to death and i'll take a a month off then i'll go back and i'll do what we're doing right now i'll start with the debut album and i'll just listen to it for a week then i'll put fly by night in my car and i'll just listen to it for a week and go all the way up it's a lot of fun um where was I going with this? Oh, there Appreciating are it? yeah, there are Maybe. songs like things I learned this time around as well. Like Rivendell, I really like now, and I know people wanted it on Rivendell, and in the end, people wanted it on R forty. And I shook my head and said, "No, there's so many better tunes I'd rather hear." And while that yeah. may be true, still, I do see what people see in Rivendell. I see what people see, and in, in the end. Uh, I get it. I they're they're yeah. good tunes. Well, Rivendell, I like just because it's uh, you know 
they don't do that many of the really mellow soft stuff. But the only thing, I, if I had one complaint, and I don't like the blaspheme rush, <laughs> but I wish Making Memories was five minutes long and Rivendell was three minutes. I think they should have switched that. Um, I, I just I like Making Memories more. Rivendell is, is cool because it's so different, but... Um, I love making memories. I think it's a great song, and I think I wish they would have gave it more time than just three minutes. Yeah, really cool song. But Rivendell's cool, and it's interesting. It's an interesting song because you know Neil, right from the first album. I mean, from Neil's first album, Fly By Night, he's introducing these lyrics. Obviously, he's 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 a well-read individual. You know, at 22 years old, that's incredible. Some of the lyrics. And the depth that, you know, when I was 22, I was not reading this kind of stuff. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> so it's pretty impressive. Rivendell, but... Rivendell reminds me, musically and, and mood-wise, it reminds me of Tears. Or maybe something, yeah. you know, yeah. a little bit of a look into the future. And maybe you're right, because Tears, I think, is the perfect length. I don't think Tears mm-hmm. is too long. Um, it's melodic, it's beautiful. It does what it needs to do, and then it's done, which which mm-hmm. maybe means it's in the perfect spot on twenty one twelve. Yes, I agree uh, with you on that. You're absolutely right. Yeah. So, yeah. you know, I kind of had an epiphany, an epiphany where I'm like, these are these are good songs. Uh, Beneath, between, behind, I heard on I think it's Exit Stage Left they played it, and mm-hmm. um, before I even had Fly By Night, and thought that is so high energy and so caffeinated. I need to find this original recording. Uh, yeah, it's great. It's great. And it's a great prog rock song because, you know, back then all we had we had to compare to was like Yes and Pink Floyd. Right. When it came to progressive rock. But they were both great bands, but very mellow and a much That's slower right. pace. Yep. And, when, and we need, you know, this totally different flavor of prog rock that's what i love about beneath between and behind and that was such a rocking song and that's 1975 <laughs> i mean you know I, acdc was out with zeppelin a couple other bands but nobody was touching music nobody could do that you know right. what I'm saying? Nobody, nobody was doing that that's for sure it's i think it's the documentary where getty says yeah then we come out with fly by night and buy tour in the snow dog what the hell is that right (laughs) and like i mean by tour is prog like it's not hinting at prog like anthem it's progressive uh yeah that's that's i mean you consider that their first epic right i would say that's their first that yeah uh, totally and you know i always forget that it's so long because i was exposed to it mostly through the r r30 performance which Mm -hmm. which doesn't include the back half of the song Mm -hmm. uh it kind of stops after the the guitar solo so I'm always that's always kind of like a bonus for me because you know I'm 24 years old and I I heard the live the shortened live version for so long and then got the original. So when I listen to right. which I don't listen to very often, so when I do hear it, it's it's a bonus. Um, and the, the the recording quality is impeccable for that time. Oh, you think so? See, see, that's something I wouldn't pick up on because I don't have. I'm comparing Fly by Night. To other rush out like like snakes and arrows, which I think is impeccable, or counterparts, which I right. think is impeccable. So for me, I don't see that, but I don't listen to any uh, literally any other music from 1975. But for you, and, you well, think it, it was good, right? Oh, it is amazing, and also like now, almost everything's been remastered, so it's hard to tell. But in 1975, ah. when it was an LP, 
and all you had was either the LPs in your house or your cheesy radio, right? Yeah. That's the only way you heard the music. So everything sounded, and I always thought it even as a young kid, that it, it didn't grab me like when you saw a band live. It's like something was missing until, I, again, Rush, I, I'm telling you, they really raised the bar because uh, the quality of that album was impeccable, impeccable. Wow. Compared to the other stuff that was out there by other huge names, you know. Uh, That's that, such... Maybe they, they had to because they were so complex. Maybe they had to really refine it. But the sound on Fly By Night is really, really good quality. That's such a good point, Jeff, because I, I it's something I never thought of. Everything's been remastered. All the, mm-hmm. the, these old albums I listen to and have listened to forever mm-hmm. are remastered. So I might not even have or ever have a glimpse of what they sound the originals sounded like. I guess I could go buy the vinyls, but uh, yeah. But even then, you're listening to it on more modern equipment. Yeah, jeez, <laughs> that's a great point, man. I'm never gonna yeah. forget that. Yeah, um, it, that was a big difference and a big impact that I noticed early on. Did you notice with- that with the debut? No, I thought, and it's funny because part of the debut was filmed and recorded in the same studio, um, but it was still a great recording, but, um, you know, they obviously learned a lot from that and changed some things and in their instruments and however they, 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 but it definitely sounded different. Obviously, Neil's uh, sound was way different than totally. I'm sure they had to make a lot of adjustments. Which there. in turn yeah. affects every other instrument and in, you know on the bandstand. Exactly. The domino effect and for the good, you know, which is yep. good. But um, you know, the the first album, great rock and roll stuff, holds up against anybody and better than anything that was out there at the time. And then when they came out with Fly By Night, it just launched them way ahead, you know. Um, what's cool but, I'm looking at the song list now and what's neat about it is this album kind of has, like any good Rush album, a taste of everything. Anthem mm-hmm. is a nod to the future, the progressive stuff. Bytor mm-hmm. is progressive. Best I Can, mm-hmm. Making Memories, they're like the debut, you know, rock and roll, as you're calling it. Mm-hmm. Then we have Fly By Night, which is a radio hit. It's a single. Yeah, pop. It's, it's pop. Their, yep. That's their pop song. Right and guess there, what? Yeah. Regardless of what you think about the word pop, and I've got a really long rant on the word pop. <laughs> regarding music in general in the music industry that's coming probably after the album series. Uh, But regardless of how you feel about pop music, Rush is a pop band, and they write pop music, especially from moving pictures on. They're a pop band. They're no no longer progressive metal or whatever. They're pop. So this is, you know, Fly By Night is pop. Fly By Night leads to New World Man at some point with some stuff in the middle, but in Closer to the Heart, and... uh, I'm I'm baffled by Fly By Night, the song. I'm baffled. You, like, what do you mean? You tell me it was on the radio. It was a big thing. You know, when mm-hmm. they only had two albums worth of material, yeah, that's a that's a radio hit. It's going to be popular. Uh, the band's never played it, essentially. There's like one oh, or I two know, tours man. where they performed it. So, I know. you know, there, Getty said in an inter- interview at one point, you know, there's this one song everyone wants us to play, and I just, I can't, you know, as much as you guys beg, I'd, we just can't come to play that song. I mm. assumed it was Fly By Night they were talking about, and it's because it was too high for Getty to sing. But now mm. I think that it's just the song. I think they look at that song, and they go, "That yeah, it's a good song. We like it. But it's just not like 
what we want anymore. Like that's not us anymore. And I just think they don't like to perform it. I can't see the rush we have now playing that song and being happy about it. It's too bad because it it is a great song. And, you know, uh, I agree with you that pop isn't necessarily bad when you, when you really, it's just short for popular, you know, know, I want rush to be popular, but um, yeah, it would have been cool if they would have done like an acoustic version or something even, you know, just a throwback, but you're right. They never really touched it. I don't think I've ever seen it live going back through the years. I, I think it's um, it's like literally two or maybe three tours they played it on. Yeah. Uh, so. But it's a good song, you know? It's it is, yeah. Song. And there's yeah. that video that's, uh, it's kind of like, uh, I don't know if they're like lip syncing or whatever, but it's just the three of them in like a studio playing the tune that everybody's seen. It's like a real close-up shot of Getty's face for most of the video. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. And hey, uh, here's, here's a funny note about that video. Go for it. Neil is wearing a cross. No way. I don't believe that. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, and, I, and I, it, it, it always baffled me because Neil, I love Neil. And, and you know, I might not agree with all his stuff, <laughs> but he's so hardcore on his disbelief. <laughs> and I saw that. I was like, man, he's, he's sporting a cross. And then I was thinking, hmm, I wonder if he was going through a transitional phase there because... He mentions, you know, Hades and stuff and Vitor. He acknowledges some certain things like that, but then he's also on the individual thing, like yeah. Anthem. And but I saw the Twilight Night. I was like, Neil, that's fascinating. That? I gotta, I, I gotta get a screenshot of that. Yeah, well, watch the video, and about halfway through, <laughs> they they zoom in on Neil on the drums, and there's this big gold cross around his neck. And I'm wondering if he was like. Uh, Working on his angst still. It was early. <laughs> That's amazing. I wonder if anyone yeah. else has caught that. Yeah, it, it, it grabbed my attention. I was like, huh, that's interesting. Now, R40 comes around, and I mm-hmm. I didn't know what they were doing until I saw the show. But if I had, I would have bet money. I would have put real live money on them playing Fly By Night. If if you said, if I saw the interview where Getty said, yeah, we're, we're going back and we're playing the song, I think what he said was the songs that are most important in our career, that were most mm-hmm. important to us. So that's why we heard Animate and Roll the Bones, like the, kind of like mm-hmm. the hits on the albums, the big the big guys. Um, right. I thought for sure, well, when they get to Fly By Night, they're going to play Fly By Night, finally. Um, yeah. then, then now I have this new opinion where I say, you know what, I don't even think they want to, I don't think they want to play that song anymore. Uh would I like to hear Fly By Night over Anthem? Eh, probably not. I'd rather hear Anthem, but uh, I guess I can't complain too much. At least they played stuff from Fly By Night. Well, they played one, right? Anthem was the only thing they played from Fly By Night. Right. Yeah. And by the way, if you listened to the last episode, I said that they played... Uh, I said that Caress of Steel was represented with Bastille Day, but it was, that's, that's incorrect. It was Lakeside Park. Lakeside Park. It was. Yeah, yeah. It was. I think we were recording too late last week, and that was the, <laughs> that was what the issue was. Now um, Bastille is a great song. I'm speaking a great song. Well, I love Bastille. And they there, gave but, it a lot of attention in their career yeah. playing it live, especially yeah. early on. That was like their go-to opener. I think yeah, the, well, the third uh, disc of Different Stages opens with Bastille Day, I believe. World, um, all the world's a stage. Yep. Uh, their first one, right? Their first live album opens with Bastille Day. Um, did uh, uh, did Hugh Syme paint this cover, or was Caress's first one? 
I believe Caress was. The artist for this one was a gentleman named Araldo Carugatti, or Carugatta is Italian artist who his only other claim to fame besides Fly By Night was um, he did the paintings of the Kiss solo albums. Oh, really? Yeah, and those came out after Fly By Night, so I'm assuming that um, there's very little information on this guy, but I'm assuming that maybe because Rush opened for Kiss, you know, yep. they, they were friends with Kiss in the early days, and I'm wondering if they just said, hey, you know, maybe they recommended them to do the solo projects for Kiss, but we recommended him, Mr. Turgati or whatever. So, um, Jeff, do but, you like, do you think it's a good cover art? Yeah, I mean, I'm an artist. That's what I do for a living. And oh, really? Uh, yeah. I'm, uh, I'm an illustrator for the Department of Defense, but it's a, uh, I love it. I mean, it's very nostalgic to me. I grew up with it. That album, when that album came into the house, it changed my life forever. So I <laughs> love that album, you know, and it's cool. I mean, it's, who else would put a big blue <laughs> owl on their cover like that? <laughs> yeah. Great. And, and we've done an episode on just uh, album art. And I, mm-hmm. I remember saying like an, an, a good album cover should do a few things. And one of those things is just catch your eye. It, it should, oh, it should does, jump. Yeah. And that thing that jumps at you. at you. Yeah, that, that owl stares right at you. And I, I could argue right. that's unlike moving pictures or 2112. Those those do not jump at you. Those are very right. easily hidden behind a hazy cover. You know? That's right. Uh, yep. I remember being on the school bus as a kid, listening to Fly By Night, and the girl next to me saw on my iPod the cover art of Fly By Night with the owl, and she laughed like laughed out loud at it and i'm like what are you laughing at she's like that is the weirdest funniest looking owl i've ever seen and at that moment i was like oh like this is you know maybe that speaks to it being a good piece of art but uh she thought it was funny i mean it's supposed to be cartoonish or whatever uh so all right now now i have a new a new a whole new series of questions for you jeff uh first of all what what does an illustrator for the dod do well, I'm a retired Navy, and when I was in the service, I kind of built a following as an artist, um, just illustrating various things for the military, anything from cartoony stuff to insignia work. And then when I retired, um, the, that was at a hobby level. Um, when I retired from the service in 2002, they picked me up to illustrate, do technical illustrations. So at first I was illustrating the survival manuals, you know, uh, different aircraft components and things like that. Um, so I do a lot of that kind of work, presentations. I might do uh, weapons mock-ups, uh, just a, a lot of cool stuff, a lot of visual communications. Basically. That does sound cool. Really? Yeah, neat. it's really fun. It's it's fun. It's, uh, it's a blessing. I, I love it. Um, yeah. All right, uh, so uh, an illustrator. Man, I, I see I didn't know this at all. Uh, mm-hmm. What's... Uh, I gotta ask, like, what is your favorite or your favorite few covers that Rush has? Oh man! Or, or even not, maybe not even covers. Like, there's there's artwork on the backs of albums and in the inserts that are that's gorgeous. I think um, so. From from artistically speaking, uh, not from like nostalgia. Uh-huh. Uh I like Power Windows is really well um, laid out very well designed cover uh permanent waves is, is one of my saves um 
a farewell to Kings. I just think that's awesome the way they did that. Of course, that's like back then a lot of photo, you know, the old days they were doing photos and cutting and doing real cutting and pasting. Right. Um, uh, Grace Under Pressure is cool. Uh, but as far as like polished, like really sharp professional looking covers, man, there, there, there's so many good ones. I mean, Roll the Bones is awesome. Test for Echo is cool. Yeah. Uh, so it's, it's hard to say. I, I I don't know. I don't know which one's my favorite. That's a good question. You know, we're straying for fly by night, but it's my fault. Uh, I want to <laughs> say that the inside—I don't know what you call it when it's a CD—the in, the inner booklet for Snakes mm-hmm. and Arrows has some absolutely killer artwork. Yeah, yeah and absolutely. that's maybe a little bit of nostalgia kicking in for me, uh, who yeah. was introduced with Snakes. But um, yeah, a lot of really good artwork. Do you own Fan Tunes or the Art of Rush book? No, you know, I definitely have been hearing about it. I got to get that. Yes, yeah, uh, somebody emailed me and and made a pitch for the Art of Rush book when I talked about the change on the Grace Under Pressure cover, um, and that's something I think I'm going to need to own because. Hey, that's something I wanted to bring up. That brings up uh, something that reminded me from your last uh, conversation sure. on the debut album. The pink was not intentional. That was a print error when they ran the first Rush album. Really. Yeah, it was supposed to be red, and it, the printer, and I know the printer messed up on Grace Under Pressure as well, right, is the rumor? Yeah. Uh, but that was why the first album is pink, and they were not happy, but then it hit and they stuck to it. <laughs> and so you'll see, like, a lot of official Rush stuff, like on their website and stuff, is red. But oh, on the wow. album, yeah, on the album, it was pink. But oh, that I don't was know why. I misprint. Yeah, I don't know why I thought the record company changed it. I'm, I mm-hmm. I had that wrong, and I'm, trust me, I'm gonna believe you before anything else I read. The illustrator yeah, who's been a, around a lot longer than I have. Yeah, and now it's like a nostalgic thing. It's like, oh man, you know, it, for some reason, if it's rush, we accept it. <laughs> and say, so, yep, okay, that's cool. That's how it's got to be. That's okay. Right. And I think in a <laughs> that's way... That's I am very much. In a way, it's like, well, what other rock bands are... are you, hard rock bands are using pink letters on their albums. Yeah. You know, maybe it kind of set them apart. I don't know. And their sense of humor goes with it, too, you know, because Rush has such a great sense of humor with all their <laughs> stuff. You just never know, you know. But. So is there anything else on Fly By Night of worth noting for you? Um... Man, well, I, I love the album. I think In the End gets beat up a little too bad. I think it's a great song. You mean like it gets a bad rap? People kind of crap on it? Yeah, I think, I, I don't know why. I think every now and then you need some slower, mellow, crisp thing to put the headphones on and just sit back and listen to for a few minutes. And I yeah. think that's one of them songs. Um, and I think that's also a Lee Lyson one that Neil didn't do the lyrics for, but... I still think it's a good song. I think it's recorded well. I think I love the acoustic in the beginning. I think it's really nicely, you know, kind of laid out. And what else is good about that song is when you're a young kid and you want to learn to play guitar, you know, that's uh, the Rush song that you can start <laughs> on right there. You know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a good point. I yeah, think... that's, our, that's our smoke on the water. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, there's a nice aesthetic to a song being simple and easy on your ears. Like, mm-hmm. um when I when I'm in music school and I'm studying really intense music, or I, let's say I had a, a music a really intense music theory course that day, or you where you're ripping Beethoven apart, uh, rip, harmonically you're ripping his music apart and analyzing it, or 
you have long rehearsals where you're really mentally involved. The last thing I do on my ride home is listen to Prague. <laughs> you know, like like that's where I got into the podcast business because I'm like, you know what? I don't, the last thing I want to hear right now is music because I'm so fried upstairs. So that's where podcasts came in. Now I'm finding music that does the same thing where it's it doesn't take so much brain power to understand and to analyze if you're into doing that. Um, in the end is a good example of that where you don't need mm-hmm. brain power to really enjoy it. You you can just yeah. sit back and listen and and know what it is. I also think uh, listening to it today in the end for me is a song you listen to in the summer right before a sunset. You know what I mean? You're just cruising around with your windows down in July. You know what right. I mean? Like, yeah, exactly. like you're just relaxing. Uh, that that's <laughs> in the end for me. Yeah. It's exactly what it is. And you know, they, it's just a nice song. Every now and then Rush is allowed to make a nice song. Exactly. <laughs> I mean, what? yeah, look at different strings or tears even. Oh, uh, different strings is one of my favorites. Yeah, I love it, James. I that's in a the pa- in the past I would have thrown losing it in there, but now that I've heard it live, I'm like, that thing's a beast. <laughs> that yeah, is not exactly. a, you know, uh but there are others that are yeah. sort of mellow enough to, I think the larger bowl of all its high energy is, is mellow and easy. That's another one you can learn on guitar real easy. Yeah, but the exactly. larger bowl is composed of the first four car- chords you learn on guitar. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. And every now and then you need that. Yep. You know, let's get back to the basics of what music's all about. No big deal. Jeff, do yeah, you, do you play good. guitar? Do you play an instrument? I play the drums um, because of Neil. <laughs> <laughs> I I when Five and I I was twelve when Five and I came out when Caressa Steel came into the house and I heard that amazing drum part yeah in, in Necromancer yes <laughs> I was like I know what I'm I know what my new hobby is uh, and my dad uh, bought me my mom and dad bought me a drum set and I still suck at it don't get me wrong <laughs> but. The only reason I play really is because of Crest Steel. And when that came out and I heard that, I said, oh, man, Neil's the man. I, I want to grow up and be like Neil, period. period. <laughs> so, I can yeah. imagine that, that little drum part being highly inspirational. I remember it being the one of the only things I remembered about Crest of Steel after the first listen. Like, I listened mm-hmm. I listened to, through the album and really wasn't digging it. But keep in mind, you know, 16-year-old Jay Mantis didn't, like any of the screechy era he oh, didn't sure, like anything sure. until permanent waves yeah. it that took me a while but so i listened to the album and the only thing i could remember the next day was like there was that cool drum part that was really like memorable oh, and the toms i don't know how they recorded those sounds <laughs> to get that throaty perfect it was unreal i mean uh, i would i would love to duplicate that today you know that sound you know there's a bunch of listeners uh for from rushcast that say there's a f- one solitary fill that really stands out in Neil's live playing and, or records, and that's mm-hmm. on uh, it's on all Exit Stage Left, I think. Uh, during Xanadu, there's one big fill that just is like a machine gun sort of thing, straight down the toms. And mm-hmm. I've I've picked it out and listened to it, and you guys are totally right. That is a fill mm-hmm. unlike anything else Neil's done. I'm gonna after I hang up with him, I have to pull that up and, and it's been a while since I listened to Exit Stage Left. Which is a great I thought that was one of their best live albums. Totally. Yeah, yeah. 
Fantastic, man. Yeah, man. Hey, thanks for coming on and, and helping us out. This was cool, Jeff, especially since you, you taught me stuff I didn't know, and I've always wanted to kind of grill people like you in this fashion about what it was like when these albums were brand new. So yeah, thank you. I tell you, well, thank you, Jay. You're doing a great job. And uh, I'm just thrilled that I was fortunate enough to be influenced and, and get to know Rush from a kid on and grow up with these guys. It's it's, it's been a joy. I definitely yeah. don't know what I would be doing musically if I hadn't discovered Rush. So uh, I'm with well, you. Thanks for, th- thanks for having me, Jay. I appreciate it. No problem, man. Thank you. And uh, thank you for listening. We're going to be back next week with Progressive Steel. We'll see you soon. Bye.